Hey, this is just a reminder. You can go to houseofdecline.com in order to see the comics and all their goodness and subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash houseofdecline. That's H-A-U-S of decline. You get more comics. You get more podcasts. You get behind-the-scenes footage. You get life advice. You get a general goodwill in, in your life. You know, a spring in your step. You'll be happy. You'll be happy from now on. We can guarantee that. And if you if, if that can't happen, then you can come to our house and, and murder us. Murder us in our sleep. That's houseofdecline.com and patreon.com slash houseofdecline. Also pick up a print on store.houseofdecline.com. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome back after a long adjournment, a vacation. Mm-hmm. A yes, sickness. yes. A gentleman's sabbatical, you know. Yeah, it's been quite some time since we have been able to pleasure your ear holes. Um, and it's almost Halloween, and I'm feeling pretty spooky. Yeah, we're in a, we're in a real spooky mood, you know. Jack-o'-lanterns, candy corn, vampires, werewolves, zombies, more obscure monsters, perhaps. Like, uh... A maynad. Sorry, I've been watching a lot of True Blood. Is that, uh, what, what are, you know, is a maynad a kind of cryptid? Sure, let's call it that. What? In the show, it's just, a, it's a hippie lady who oh. makes everyone do blood sacrifices. What is a cryptid? Is that, that seems like it's a new thing. Uh, there, I mean, there's always, Bigfoot is a cryptid, the Loch Ness Monster is a cryptid, a fictional or scary animal, hidden animals, you know, a, a lot of scary stuff is cryptids now. Like, usually now there's, like, a tall guy, and his head will not be a human head, it'll be a different type of thing. What if there was, like, a, and his, like, limbs are all fucked up, you know, he's got weird bumpy pale skin... And, you know, his limbs are all long. He's got big, long fingers to reach into your soul and take it out. But his head is like a TV? Uh, what? Uh, it sounds kind of like Slender Man. There is Slender Man. Was the, I'm, I'm referring to something called Siren Head. There's a very popular uh, horror franchise called Siren Head. It's not really a franchise. It's just a character some guy created. And it is scary. It is scary to think of a big, tall guy with a siren for a head. Because sirens are scary. Nothing good is happening when sirens are going off, and except for maybe like electronic dance music from 2014 mm. to 2017, and everything had sirens in it. That's an oddly specific time period. Is that when you were doing a lot of raves and? Like, yeah, that's that's when sirens? I was raving. That's when I was going to horror raves. That's when I was taking spooky ecstasy and going. The spooky ecstasy is, of course, the one that you get from Israel. Hi, ho. Uh, why is, uh, why is the Israeli ecstasy so spooky? Uh, because it's just, you're able to see the, the system of violence it's attached to more, more effectively, you know? Oh, okay. That... You, when you get ecstasy from your, from your guy Brody down the street, you know? Brody. And for, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when you're buying off of Brody, you know, you're not thinking about the atrocities. But when you're buying off of Gilad, you know, you're thinking about, oh, Gaza. <laughs> oh, no, Gaza right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I feel badly buying drugs from the Israeli drug dealer because I know it goes to fund, you know, <laughs> all, apartheid. Yeah, BDS, all Israeli drug dealers. <laughs> what about like the Goa trance? Isn't that uh, is that is that more South American or is no? That... That's good. It's from Goa. Goa is from India. It's India. 
Is that more? It's Portuguese. It's, it's funny Portuguese it's, India. It's port. Wait, what do you mean Portuguese India? What? what is Goa that is a, a largely a Portuguese had a lot of influence in the Goan province of India. Interesting, and that's because of um, spooky colonialism. Spooky colonialism, the scariest <laughs> thing of all, colonialism. <laughs> it it was very bad, though. You know, in, in terms of like bodies mangled and awful in specific ways well talk about you know. body horror whoa whoa <laughs> let the bodies hit the floor no it's not that's that's david cronenberg that's what i'll say in my big interview with david cronenberg let the bodies hit the floor it's body horror master david cronenberg and he'll be like what i'm 90 shut up yeah isn't his son the hot new hot new guy now hot new guy uh, I don't know. I saw Possessor. It was fine. I'll, I I look forward to better entries. Wasn't, it, was it, it was is, good. Isn't Crimes of the Future a Cronenberg? Yeah, it's a new... I saw Crimes of the Future. I love Crimes of the Future. I think Kristen Stewart is great in it. She's fabulous in it. Oh. Um, I, she's I, playing the clipped little nerd. I thought that And that she's, was like, a... very sexually attracted to Viggo Mortensen. And she's, like... <sighs> oh. She's, like, just so fucking horny, but she's, like, a, a little nerd who can get it, you know? That's a scary age gap. Is it? Kristen... She's, she's older than you think. She's, like, in her mid-30s. Kristen Stewart? Yeah. Huh. Well, she's in it. Yeah, she's not. She's not in the scary age gap. She's not in the like. It is sus for like. I, I wouldn't begrudge like a fifty year old for day, but she's married to a lady. I think so. It doesn't. I think. Hmm. She's thirty two. She okay? Then maybe maybe it is maybe is it's sus. Vigo is Vigo in Vigo. the movie. He's probably sixty something. He's sixty four. So that's a thirty two year age gap. That's very... Crimes of the Future is very much about, will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Because a big component is he needs to get into this biological uh, uh, horror chair in order to be fed appropriately. Because he has a condition where his body keeps spontaneously generating new organs. And so he's like in pain constantly. But this is a great marvel to the people of the future because pain has disappeared in the future. And there's a lot of very stilted, intentionally stilted monologues about it. Uh, and so they're performance artists as well. They do performance art using Vigo's pain, mm. which is great. Mm. Sounds interesting. I'll have to check it out on the television. It, no, it's a wonderful movie. It's a, And it's, it's, it's pretty different than a lot of Cronenberg movies because uh, it's very speechy. In a way that other Cronenberg movies are not. Like, everyone is giving these long, drawn-out, like, talking like an alien monologues. Mm -hmm. But I think that's done to underscore the fact that the future is fucking weird. You know, <laughs> this is... I think that's... All, all of that stuff is intentional. Well, I would assume most things in a movie are intentional, unless you're one of these... What are the, what are the improv guys, like Seth Rogen? One of these guys, these improv guys, they're terrible guys, you know, they, you know, they don't, they come, they come to the plate with nothing and they expect to just worm their way out of it using the mere cleverness of their brains. I know. I yeah. Hate those guys. Okay. I hate, well, I hate anyone using the cleverness of their brains. Let's use our brain cleverness and get to the meat and the bones mm -hmm. of the show, the spooky bones. Uh, yeah, we have yeah. some interviews we're going to do today. Absolutely. Five interviews with five great modern horror authors working in five 
uh, separate genres. You know, and we're gonna get a huge worldview. It's gonna we're gonna go around the world. We're gonna go from the USA to Canada to England and back to the USA again. You know, it's gonna be a real it's gonna be a real treat. Yeah, it's an international festival of delight. Absolutely. Uh, well, who do we have on deck first? Well, we have <coughs> in the old uh, in the old cosmic horror genre, mm. you know, straight from the birthplace of cosmic horror, New England. It's uh, Sully McCafferty. Okay, well, he has some theme music that he sent over from uh, uh, where is it, Boston? You say New England? Yeah, he's, he's a he's a Bostonite. He's okay. a or I don't know if he's a Bostonite. He's a New Englandite. That's well, all we know. He's from the New England his, area. His theme music. He sent it in a. Uh, and an mp3 that contained a virus it uh was a spooky computer Ooh, virus. that's a cosmic horror yeah. you don't know what it is it could be anything okay let's see what it what well, i'm gonna press play on this mp3 oh oh wow that's pretty spooky that's a that's a spooky uh, spooky music you sent us, Mister. Yeah, McCafferty. it's a very a- absolutely. That's one of the spookiest songs available. You know what they don't tell you is you know go with all Sully spooky songs. That's a podcast that I do. Mm. You can listen to my podcast, <laughs> Sully Spooky Songs, uh, on on Apple, Google, you know wherever podcasts are available. Yeah. Uh, another spooky song. Another spooky song. Uh, the Monster Mash. That's what I was going to say. That's what everyone expects, the Monster Mash. And, you know, we're not going to deny you. We played the hits over at Sully Spooky Songs. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, like, oh, Slint's Nosferatu Man. Oh, that's a spooky song. Get out of here! Get out of here, you nerd, you pencil neck. No, we're doing Cosmic Horror. We're doing Cosmic Horror over here. Great New England tradition, you know? So, uh, Cosmic Horror, can you explain... The cosmic part. Well, absolutely. So, it, in the olden times, there was this guy. There was this guy in Providence, you know, Great New England City, Providence, and his name was H.P. Lovecraft. Mm. And what he thought is, isn't it scary that other people exist? You know, isn't it scary that there's a world just beyond, you know, the twenty miles between you and the donkeys, yeah. and you know, <laughs> it, so. What if you explored that world? You know, and the New England, everything, New England's pretty scary. It's got spooky woods. You know, you go down to an old mill, you think, oh, no, there are ghosts here. You know, there's probably, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that shouldn't be. Uh, so you're thinking about getting in there. You know, it's like it's like Belichick, you know, getting in there with the with the pats. You know, that's what you got to do with the spookiness. You got to be like Belichick. So cosmic horror is about getting in there with the spookiness. It's about getting in there with the spookiness in the woods with the pats, you know, outside the donkeys, listing all the Boston things, you know, because <laughs> that's what you do when you have a very shallow understanding of the place that you're, you're imitating. Um, so the cosmos, that's... That's a that's a, a phrase or a word I associate more with Neil deGrasse Tyson or perhaps even Carl Sagan. Um, okay, but what if there was like a spooky guy in in space? What if outside of you know the twenty miles outside of your house? What if that was space? Mm-hmm. And what if instead the Packers? No, not the Packers. The Pats. 
because I'm from Boston. Right, of course. You see, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. What if they were going it. against it instead of instead of the Packers? They were going against a spooky tentacle monster, you know, and he had tentacles to indicate that he was spooky, you know, because you know regular things have arms, you know. You expect to meet your buddy, your Neil, down at the factory, you know. You say, Neil, you have arms, and he's like, Yeah, I don't yeah. have tentacles at all. <laughs> so, so in a way, cosmic horror explores the insignificance of human existence as compared to the vastness of the universe and the way that that is sort of brought into being in a horror way is is the tentacly arms yeah tentacly arms are you know like any attribute that's different from the normal for what if example uh, what if a guy had you know like some sort of hat that was circular Instead of uh, mm-hmm. I- instead of like a baseball cap, you know, what if he was a different capped man? You'd be saying like, "Yeah, that guy's insane! Oh my god, that like guy's a, crazy!" Like a, like the different hat is like a it's like a cosmic entity hiding in plain sight. Yeah, absolutely. You could tell him he's different. He's a different guy. You know, you want to beat him up. You want to do a hate crime on him a little. Uh, you know, I don't understand why we never hate crime Cthulhu, you know? You want to do a hate crime on Cthulhu? Yeah, absolutely. He's different, you know? we got to legislate against these tentacle monsters, you know? They've been getting away with too much. Yeah, and then the the first, uh, you know, you're in court, and it's the case of um, Sully McCafferty v. Cthulhu and a, hate, a groundbreaking hate crime case where this is the first instance of uh, hatred towards a cosmic entity uh, mm-hmm. as, as the motive. It's hard to determine the motive um, because, you know, the, the difference, the different cosmoses, you know, does like what if hate in another cosmos is their form of love? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like what if what if the Pats were the Packers, you know? I see. I see. That would be fucking ni- a nightmare, a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. Uh, here's what turning, I'm saying. You know, uh, what if there was a guy, and maybe, uh, you know, he was slightly darker in complexion than you. That's weird, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like say this guy maybe Fred Armisen. Yeah, yeah. What if this guy was Fred Armisen? That's a weird guy. He's a Cthulhu, I think. <laughs> That's why he's able to do these sketches where he just sort of darkens his complexion just a little bit, not going over the line. Absolutely. He's a transformer. He transforms into things. And I don't like things that shapeshift. That's no good. You know, and that's, you know, the premise of my book, The Thing From Over There. (laughs) What if there was something from over there, you know, that was really scary? You know, you couldn't see it. It was just on the horizon, but it was wearing in different clothes. So in the first chapter of my story... (laughs) There is a guy, and he's wearing something called a rag of dew, and he's listening to an ancient horror called hip hop. And, you know, he's doing all sorts of... They don't have melodies in hip hop. They don't have melodies. They just do rhythmic... Hip hop. Hip hop. Okay. And they do a terrible dance where they break all of their bones called break dancing. (laughs) And, you know, what if there was a scary guy from over there, you know? That's just one of the stories, you know? Another story, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what if instead there was a guy, what if he didn't use forks, they used two sticks instead? (laughs) 
This is a this is a quintessential example of how in cosmic horror stories the protagonist often discovers a profound and unsettling existential truth and it's the discovery process that makes your stories so active and engaging. Yeah, absolutely. Like you go to a town and over the course of staying in this town you realize everyone is Vietnamese. <laughs> and then you realize you're also Vietnamese. Uh-huh. Oh, and it's like, whoa! And then you go you go to back to Vietnam with your people. Oh, that's, you know, that, that kind of sounds not so unsettling, but maybe kind of nice. You know? I, I guess, you know, maybe, we, are you from Vietnam, bro? No, I am not. I am from um, Green Bay, Wisconsin. So, oh, uh, you're the Packers. You are the cosmic horror. <laughs> you are the cosmic horror. Oh my god. Yeah. So here, here's what I'm saying. In the in the third chapter, what if there was a guy who loved their God so much they pray to him five times a day? Isn't that wacky? Isn't that spooky? Mm-hmm. What if there was what if there were those guys? I mean, what if? You know the the question is, what if? Because cosmic horror explores the unknowable existence of nebulous entities. Like, what if there was a god where you had to pray to him five times a day and you were stuck in this sort of slave-like existence of constantly having to pray? Absolutely. Uh, it, it's this, you know, and from the, from the, the prayer mats... They get all dirty, they develop a virus from the dirt, and we're going straight into the Islamophobia here. That's, <laughs> yeah, we gotta, that's uh, Sully McCafferty's... That's Sully that's, McCafferty. That's his... Boop, Sully Mc... boop. The rest <laughs> of it is just all... The rest of the interview has been censored. Yeah, uh, due to extreme racism. Well, who didn't see that coming? Yes, it is a it is a common and well-observed criticism that H.P. Lovecraft was a racist... Uh, and that even generated some of the uh, premises of his books due to his extreme xenophobia that, that sort of manifested in this well, that's cosmic just, xenophobia. That's just New England guys. Yeah, New England guys. A racist. That's a common trope about them. But really, New England is so much more than that. Well, you know, cosmic horror is often about the futility of human existence and... Mm-hmm. Um, What's more futile and infantile than xenophobia and racism? Ah, you hit the nail on the head there, my friend. My friend, you hit the nail on the head there. Well, I'm Uh, sure our next guest um, will be a lot much, you know, a lot more politically correct. He comes from Canada, after all. Absolutely, a lot more agreeable. It's uh, it's Gord Goldstein, our body horror guy. Okay, here's his theme music. Welcome to the show, Gord. Oh, thank you for having me on. I like that. That was a really that was a really appropriate macabre theme song. Spooky. Oh yeah, in Canada we don't say spooky as much. We say macabre. You know, macabre. that's what we say. Macabre. Macabre. You know, because of the French influence, of course. Oh, you guys have a French influence. Oh yeah, you know, a lot of our horror is about you know the the uh, our 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 
strained relationship with the Quebecois, you know? There's a lot of, if you've never read about English-French horror before. I haven't. I haven't read about specifically English-French horror. I know there's a lot of tension historically between the English and the French because they were constantly fucking or fighting, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and... Yeah. Well, you know, like the, the, the place that vampires have in our mythology, you know, the Quebecois represent that to the English because of their, you know, their leeriness and their openly sexual uh, proclivities. That's right. The French are too sexual for their own good. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and for the Anglos, you know, us, uh, us Anglos, yes, you know, us course. macabre Anglos, yes. the French see us as zombies because, <laughs> you know, we're all going along and getting along and going, oh, oh, hey, brother, you know. In a heck of dirt in the alleyway over there, you know. And uh, so, but what if there was like a Romeo and Juliet where it was a zombie and a vampire? It was a Quebecois vampire. Oh my God, that's And sounds... an Anglo zombie and they're getting together. And that's that's one of our greatest Canadian legends. Mm -hmm. And it's called uh, Puck, uh, Puck Over the Ice. <laughs> of course. Um, but you don't deal much uh, in uh, the vampire horror, uh, Mr. Goldstein. Uh, no, no, we're in body horror. Classic is Toronto it, founded by the master, David Cronenberg, is it, is who it, also talks exactly like this. Is it Goldstein or Goldstein? Gord Goldstein. Goldstein. Gord Goldstein. I'm a proud Canadian Jew. Yep. Uh, straight from uh, the Bathurst and Lawrence intersection. I was born in the middle of the Bathurst and Lawrence intersection. That's a, that's an odd place to be born. What uh, were the circumstances that surrounded that uh, inauspicious birth in an intersection? Uh, it was uh, it was a ley line. You know, I was born on a ley line, so that's you know, I had a very macabre birth. A ley line is, is that some kind of tram. No, it, it's sort of like a node of energy in the earth that Ooh. allows for, you know, macabre energy to be dispersed. Ah, oh, some sort of vortex, energy vortex, huh? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, energy vortex, and it was at the nexus of the uh, Hasidic Jewish community. <laughs> uh, and we love them, you know, we, uh, we love them a lot. I go to the deli all the time, go get some matzo ball soup. Uh, it's a beautiful part of Canada. Other Jewish sections of Toronto are Willowdale, which is where Rush are from. Is Rush Jewish? Rush Rush is two-thirds Jewish and, and two-thirds from Toronto. <laughs> I didn't know Rush was two-thirds Jewish. That's so, Absolutely. That's so interesting. Which thirds? Uh, Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson, wow. wonderful Canadian Jews, wow. just like David Cronenberg. And they also talk like this. Yeah, but the drummer, he seems more like a uh, right-wing guy, if you know what I mean. Well, originally he was libertarian, but he mellowed out over the course of it. <laughs> if you know, all Canadians, we're a little bit of Rush historians, all Canadians. So, uh, That's so fascinating. I love Rush. I love, oh, who doesn't love I Rush? Love They're Tom a very Sawyer. macabre band mm -hmm. in some places. I, love, I like... I love Red Barchetta. <laughs> Absolutely. I love a passage to Bangkok. It has this beautiful riff and then they'll go do 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 and ruin it. And, and that's why I love Rush because they have that they have that sense of corniness that all Canadians have. Well, I you love know. the word Bangkok. <laughs> Absolutely. It's funny. 
It's that's you know you've got the classic Canadian humor in you. I see. You know we we love our jokes about uh, slamming penises into doors and whatnot. Ooh, ooh, that's gonna hurt. You know, like when you car door penis, not a good combo. Uh, that's you know that was car seat headrest before they were car door penis. <laughs> Uh, you know, that uh, they didn't get a lot of gigs as a result of that. Uh, but we're here to talk about the wonderful story of body horror. Body. And you know, why is body horror such a Canadian tradition? It's because when you live in Toronto, your world is a bunch of boxes. It's a bunch of gray cubes and boxes. It's a profoundly boring and tame city. So you start thinking inward. You start thinking about, you know, how could I be goo? You know, what can I do with my goo? is something that you frequently say to yourself. A lot of macabre Canadians are saying to themselves. And uh, because, you know, your world, if it's just gray boxes, you're removed from your goo. You don't know what to do with your goo. So, you know, that's the focus of my, uh, of my novel, Goo Police. Mm. You know, they're telling you what to do with your goo. You know, the, that's that's the tagline. A, that's the big pitch. There's a goo police force, and they tell you what to do with your goo. Absolutely. What if you couldn't do with your goo what you wanted to do? Well, say, uh, what's, what's an example of something that um, uh, a person would want to do with their goo? Okay, so there's one guy in the book called Goo Peterson. Okay. And he's completely made out of goo. He's in jail because he's goo. You know, these all the goo people are in jail, you know. And so in jail, Goo Peterson is saying things like, What What does it even mean to be goo? What? Can, you have to take the word goo and analyze what it means. Like, what is goo? Absolutely. You know, he's pontificating. All the other, all the other goo people, you know, they're getting up in arms. They're flailing their goo around. You know, they're, they're stomping all over the place. They're forming blobs. They're, they're swallowing people. They're, you know, using their acids, using their digestive acids. Mm, acids, of course. Yes, absolutely, to turn them into uh, food with which to eat. You know, so maybe the metaphor is a bit strained because there's actually a lot of good reasons to put the goo people away, you know, because of their digestive acids, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems horrifying to uh, have a goo person sort of latch on to you and then you you slowly are eaten away by their um, acids, their stomach acids that are on the outside of their body. Um, there's just like a lot of screaming. I've, I've read the first half of your novel and yeah. I can't wait to see how the second half ends. Where can we go purchase it? Um uh, you can go purchase it on uh, goopolice.com. It's my own proprietary website. Okay. I, I run because I don't trust Amazon. They're no. secret goo people. Yeah, so go to store.goopolice.org. Is it org? Yeah, store.goo, because that's the one we use in Canada. Uh-huh, org. Org, absolutely. It's short for organism. Yes, because we are, we are all one organism in Canada. You know, we are connected by the flesh. You know, we all have little umbilical cords going into the ground that we walk like dogs on leashes every day. <laughs> and, you know, that's, uh, we're a big fungus. And, you know, that's sort of what goo police also gets into is, you know, there are non-goo people. But eventually throughout the story, they realize they're goo as well. You know, they're becoming goo. And it's this horrible process because it's very painful to become goo. You know, seems what if like you're... It. it seems like it would be painful. Yeah, what if your bones... What if the bones that you took for granted every day, you know, what if they were goo? 
suddenly all your acids, suddenly all your stomach acids that were on the inside were on the outside. You're 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 the you're the big amoeba now. You know, you're the goo guy now. Hmm. Of course, um, I'm. Uh, you know, some say that the first body horror novel was Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, is that is that is that something? Have you is it an influence on your work, uh, Frankenstein? Uh, I I suppose so, but I don't really care for her because she's a woman. Well, well, Mr. Goldstein, that is a. That is a comment that we should strike that from the record. You take that back. Well, I, I don't you, think women can really truly understand body horror because, once again, they don't have goo. That's, you know, they have... They they, their liquids are not as viscous. They have Their viscous liquids goo. are, frankly, not as viscous. I, and I, I think you're mistaken here. They have plenty of viscous goo. Not as viscous as, you know, the male goo. Have you compared... I've compared, you know, I've I've done I've done viscosity tests using a rock tumbler. I, you know, this is that it's coming to the point in the interview where I'm going to have to stand up and denounce you. Are Mr. you cha- are you challenging I'm, me on the viscosity? I'm Name one good female body horror uh, author, and if you say uh, Sheila Gomer. I'm going to kick you in the teeth. Of, she's no good. Of course, I don't like her at all. Of course I'm going to say Sheila Gomer. The, she, and in her 1985 book, The Viscosity of Feminine Goo, it is ex- explicitly detailed how viscous the goo gets. And for you to come on to this podcast after a, a disastrous showing on Tucker Carlson, I might add, last night, I saw oh, it. Tr- oh, geez. Just because I said about the goo Jews? <laughs> just because of what I said about the goo Jews, you're going to go now criticizing me? <laughs> uh, 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 just because of what I say about the goodyism, you know, you're the real goo police over here. I see. So you're, that's what I thought. You're pro-police, anti-establishment. No, I don't like the police because they're putting away oh. goo Peterson. Okay. But the goose, because he has the knowledge of the goose. Okay. So, okay, maybe I need to think about this book a little more, but I mean, it's already published, so, you know, it's out there. What you gonna do? Oh, wait, no, we got this. So the goo, you don't like the goo police, but what about the human police? Uh, The human police are great. You you love the human police. There would be no problem if, you know, this is in a hypothetical universe where we are more goo than people. Okay. Okay, well, so is Sheila Gomer's novel. So, I feel like you two could be... Co- she ripped me up! She's... She, <laughs> that is what... In the same way that, you know, the, the viscosity of female liquids are leaching off the viscosity of the, the thick, chunky male liquid. Okay. The thick, chunky chunks. The yep. thick, chunky male... You know, how can you understand goo properly if you don't have the chunk? Yeah. You know, if you just have a stream, all you have is a stream. You, you know, know, your ejaculate is just pee. We know that, Sheila. I want critics, because of your thick, chunky goo trope, have taken to calling you HP Minecraft. How would you respond to that accusation? I don't, I don't like Minecraft. All the streamers are groomers. <laughs> and, you know, I don't like the groomers. <laughs> I've become recent... <laughs> very politically invested against that. Yeah. But you do like the Goomers. Oh, absolutely. The Goomers. Ho, 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 the Goomers. Yes. That's the, of course, are the people who coax the goo out of you. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, what a what a um, uh, explosive interview this has been. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Goldstein, for coming on today. Um, right. Buy my book on goopolice.misogyny.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different URL. We'll put both URLs in the description. Um, I, I, I can only assume that you got kicked off of one during the course of this interview and had a another one ready to take. Oh yeah, the, the the Keffels took me <laughs> taken down by Keffels. <laughs> Canadian uh, Canadian goo police Keffels. She strikes again. Uh, no, no one can defeat Keffels. Okay. <laughs> Well, Mr. Goldstein, bon voyage, a Wiedersehen, and goodbye. All right. Bye. Wow. Uh, the Gord Goldstein, a, a smattering. The the misogyny bit from Gord Goldstein comes from a Canadian creator, Dave Sim. You know about Dave Sim? No, who's the, who's that? He, he did this comic called Cerebus, which is this incredibly lengthy, you know, a masterwork essentially mm -hmm. and then in the later years he got crazy misogynistic like really weird about it and mm. he started saying stuff about the male light and how the female vacuum is keeping down the male light that's sort of that's sort of what also goo peterson has uh proposed yeah. as well yeah all that jungian nonsense well that's why i had to stand up to mr goldstein i was not having any of it yeah you were yeah you were a freudian so you know that's you come right. from that school uh, yes men want to have sex with their mummies they do they do not, not really well uh, who's next on we have a mommy of our own next uh coming up right mommy of our own it is the vampire romance horror novelist bella wheat bella wheat and where's miss is it miss or mrs wheat it is Miss Wheat. Miss Wheat, I remain unmarried at this time. Let's play your intro music before we get into the interview. <laughs> wow, that was spooky. I agree. That was a very, very spooky introduction. I thank you. I'm Mrs. Bellawheat. I know I said I was Miss Bellawheat earlier, but Mrs. Bellawheat rings so much better off of the tongue. Just, you just got married, and the pen during the during that you just during did. the intro, I got married to my ninth husband, who I intend to murder later. <laughs> uh, that's great. Hey, maybe I can be number ten if you know what I mean. Absolutely, and then I will murder you. Hey, I'm but <laughs> after my credit score just went down, I gladly will be murdered. My credit score is even lower. I am house poor. I live in a big riding mansion in the center of New Orleans. Ah, so you're from Louisiana, the birthplace of vampire romance horror. Yes, it's where it's where my nearest competitor, Anne Rice, is from, mm -hmm. and where I base this character off of. Who okay. is me? <laughs> is Anne Rice really from uh, New Orleans? I don't know if Anne Rice is from New Orleans, or she merely fetishizes it, like, like so many people do. Like after Katrina happened, there was that David no, Simon yeah. show, Treme. She is which from, felt, she's from New Orleans. Well, that's how you get the inspiration, because there are many, many sexy vampires in New Orleans, if not, I'm... Um, 
You know what I'm saying? It's you can true. get sucked off by many, many sexy vampires in New Orleans. It's so true. There's a lot of sexy vampires there. And and uh, Anne Rice is famous, of course, for... Uh, Don't um, talk about that cunt. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. She stole my entire being. She stole... I rue her to this very day. Okay. I'm so sorry. I rue her with my entire being. I love, you know, and a funny thing, you, you mentioned Rue and New Orleans in the same sentence. You got me thinking gumbo. You got to have that Rue. <laughs> Absolutely, you know. And I will make you Rue the day you, with in, in both meanings of the word. I will put flour and butter in you in, until you turn into a, a delicious paste that grounds a nice a nice gumbo. Now, Miss, uh, Mrs. Wheat, uh, the, the moment I knew I was going to fall in love with your novels was when in your uh, first novel, Blood in the Gutter, um, yeah. the main character is making a roux with blood. He, yes, that's it, it's a beautiful story. He does the mirepoix mm -hmm. and adds a little blood to the mirepoix. He does a letter, but he puts blood in the letter. You better believe there's a blood po' boy <laughs> in there as well. I love, I love the intersection of the culinary arts and the dark arts. Yes, he is a vampire chef in my novel. He mm. is a vampire chef. He is also a homosexual. Ooh. Blood in the gutter uh, referring to the sexual act of spitting a bunch of blood in your lover's asshole mm -hmm. and ingesting the blood that way, you know, because you're a vampire. You're hundreds of years old. Drinking blood gets old after a while, you know. You got to find new ways to get in the blood. And so they're boofing a lot of blood, these oh, vampires. I see. My first thing I would try is like maybe seasoning it or spicing it with some cloves. Or... Oh, they do a lot of that. You know, they mm. make all sorts of puddings, all yeah. sorts of delicious blood puddings and, you know, blood preparations. And, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're putting, you know, a little blood in that, put a little blood in that root. You know, got to put a little blood in that root. And another, is, you know. Very uh, hilarious detail is how when it gets so hot and steamy in uh, New Orleans, uh, your vampires will make uh, blood popsicles. Yes, it's a it's a time honored preserved tradition. They will make blood popsicles and they will put it put them in their vaginas and their assholes. They they will make these and they say, oh, wouldn't it be too cold? They're vampires. They're already cold. So yeah. it's, you know, perfect for them. Uh, what they're doing out in the sun, we'll never know, you know, because it's very harmful to them. Well, it's, in hot, traditional... it's hot even in the shade, you know. It's, that is true. That is true. One thing I'm looking forward to in your next novel is how the vampires will deal with global warming. They're, they're going to deal with global warming by doing a lot of gay sex acts, you know, actually, because they're, they're cold entities. So they have actually cr created cold fusion hmm. by fucking really hot. You know, it's a bit of science fiction with this vampire horror romance as well. You know, what they do is is the main character, Rebier. Rebier, you know, he makes a blood roux so good that he's attracting all the gay vampires from all over the place. And there he meets a beautiful, uh, a beautiful half Jamaican man named uh, Chartreuse. Okay. <laughs> and Chartreuse, he's, you know, they're both vampires. They both love blood gumbo. You know, blood gumbo is a big part of it. You know, they're always talking about ways to improve their blood gumbo. And they're always spitting it into each other's assholes. And they're always saying, oh, mon cul, mon cul, which means my heart. Yes. You know, because uh. that is the center of all blood. 
you know, and they're taking out human hearts and they're shoving them into each other's assholes. You I know, love the, the romance, you know, this kind of romance between Revier and Chartreuse. Yeah. Is, it's so delightful and poignant and at times can be very sad, you know. Yes, absolutely. For example, they kill the mayor. They kill the goddamn mayor of New Orleans, and they take out his heart, and they're shoving the heart into his asshole, and, you know, Rebier looks deeply into Chartreuse's eyes and says, do you remember when you lost your innocence? Mm. And it's a moment, it's a ringing moment in mm -hmm. the book, and, you know, many people pointed that, you know, it's they, they read that and they say, thanks to you, Bella Wheat, I was able to come out as gay. I was able to come out as trans. I was able to. I was able to come out as Jewish. Yeah. I have been hiding my Judaism, yeah. and you know your your gay vampires. You know made me come to terms with with my minoritized status. Yeah, the blood drinking, especially for the uh, the latter. Now, well, you're doing uh, a lot of anti-Semitic blood libel no. here, and no, I'm you, from Orleans. No, we did. don't take too kindly to no, blood you, libel. You no, I I'm just saying that Jewish. Here's the thing with vampires. <laughs> yes, they are blood-sucking atrocities, <laughs> but they are also, you know, sensitive. Of so course. you know, that's how you know we feel embattled. You know. Of course, and and um, to any uh, Jewish listeners, uh, please take no offense at Ms. Wheat's uh, insinuations. You are pinning the blood libel on me. I did not insinuate. I was merely saying these gay Jewish vampires <laughs> are shoving, killing the mayor of New Orleans and shoving hearts in their assholes. Of course, of course, and maybe they control some of the town's finances. And they control a little <laughs> bit of the town's media. Sure, they control, but you know, that's because they didn't have anywhere else to go as gay Jewish vampire. You have to understand. Another aspect <laughs> in New Orleans is the music, you know, the jazz music. The it's, jazz vampires, absolutely. I love absolutely. the jazz vampires. I love, there's skit-scatting and bebopping and it's just, ooh, it gets my blood hot and then I get, I get nervous that a vampire is going to come suck me off. You know, gonna come suck well, me dry. You should always, in New Orleans, you should always be nervous about getting sucked up. I am. I mean, when I was in New Orleans last, I was for a wedding, and I had to do that thing where you march through the streets like an idiot, like a like a moron. You, like a goddamn, like a vampire moron. <laughs> like you're just parading through the streets, like, a, you know. You don't like a good parade, you don't like a good stroll, you don't like to shake, shake yourself, shake your godly body. No, I, 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 am a, I am a, a wasp from New England, uh, and I would prefer to... A wedding should be a really dour affair, you know? It should be kind of... Everyone, it should be raining. The food should be cold. It should just be like you, you get a slice of turkey, and then the wedding is over. Um, for all of the celebrations and hot food, gumbo, sling-in, po' boys, catfish... Your, your blood gumbo, your blood mufalettas, your blood catfish. By the time we got to the end of the parade, it was a it was a one hour wedding parade. By the time we got, I was so fed up, I walked straight to the airport, and I got on my flight back to uh, Worcester, Mass. Are you familiar with Worcester? Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester? That sounds like the devil's area. No, that's Salem. Salem is the devil's area. It's all the devil up there. From what I understand, it's a bunch of racist cosmic horror authors. It is, yes. Uh, Sully McCafferty was uh, 
on the show a couple of uh, a couple. Oh, of I don't ago. like him. He, I, I wrote a bad vampire named Sully into one of my because there are bad vampires. There aren't just highly sexual gay vampires. You know, there are also you know racist uh, New England vampires of as well. Well, Sully is named for the 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 racist vampire pilot who who um, who sabotage the plane just so he could pretend to save everyone on it yes he had the he had the mentality of a vampire so do you do you believe vampires walk this earth absolutely how else could things have gotten so wonderfully sexual in the past in the past century you know it's because of the doing of the vampires what's an example of of the things getting wonderfully sexual well, for example, have you ever noticed how how much more sexual the O'Henry bars are now? I I, I have not. Uh, have you not noticed how much more shapely the O'Henry bars are now compared to when you were a youth? I think the Hagen Dots um, ice cream containers now have an element have a have a sort of a, a hourglass figure now that I find. Yeah, very they're attractive. a lot more sensually titillating, and that's because of the work of the gay gay Jewish vampires. And the me, that's the thing is, a lot of the people out there doing the serious blood libel and the anti-Semitism, they don't like what the gay Jewish vampires are doing. I'm all on board. Hmm. I'm all on board, baby. You know, it's 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 come to it's come to light. It's come to pass. Now, now is the time for media well miss week it's been a pleasure having you on and i love hearing all of your theories but we have two more guests we have to make room for and so in the words of um the british generals who conquered new orleans um righty right oh the river mississippi ends with us all right pick up my new book using blood as lube Okay, uh, let's see. Who do we have next? Uh, we have uh, the gothic horror author, uh, Harry Bimbus. Harry Bimbus. I love him. I loved his uh, his first and second novels. Um, gothic horror is one of my favorites. I, I took an Edgar Allan Poe elective in high school uh, mm-hmm. with a big fat gay priest who loved it. He, he made me love it. We loved each other. And it was a nice time. You know, the, the cat scratching under, behind the walls. Going, meow. Meow. <laughs> ah, my big fat gay priest. It's yeah. a great movie. It grossed so much at the box office. All right. Well, let's play Harry Bimbus's music and get him on the show. Mr. Bimbus. Oh, how wonderfully delightful. A wonderfully sensual intro for me, Mr. Harry Bimbus. And Mr. Bimbus, you do gothic horror. Yes, indeed, I do. What if there were children who were dying and women who were dying and they are so gaunt and they are so pale? Yes. Oh, I love it. It's so creepy. I'm, I'm getting goose pimples. You know, that is, that is a word that we frequently use, because we use strange old-timey language in, in gothic horror. You know, yes. like, 
like a dumbwaiter. There are mm. lots of dumbwaiters, for example. People getting stuck in dumbwaiters, people making love in dumbwaiters and then being horribly punished because they get syphilis. But it's ghost syphilis, you see. Yeah, I love the dumbwaiter name because it's uh, like you take something that a person was and you reduce it down to one function, which is going up and down. And then you're like, it's like a dumb you. It is It is the original robot, when you think about it. Ah, yes. Robot comes from the Russian word robotnik, which means worker. Yes, yes, absolutely. There are lots of class distinctions in Gothic or Upstairs, downstairs, you know. Of course. You know, the, all of that. The classic, is it, that's on PBS a lot. That's a British show where the rich people live, do they live downstairs or do they live upstairs? You would think they would live upstairs, and yeah. they do. Oh, they do. So they, they do. Have, they have to climb upstairs, and then they look down on the servants. Well, they're brought, they're brought upstairs by their dumbwaiters, you see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they have to scrunch in the little space, and um, the butler is, like, toiling and pulling the No, rope. no, you don't understand. It's a luxury. It's considered a luxury, you know. And they're mocking them the whole time. They say, you have to pull me up. I am the one in the dumbwaiter, you know, they'll okay. be saying. So you're, the book you're here to promote is called The Noseless Ghost. Can you tell us a little yes. bit about it? The Noseless Ghost, yes. Well, it stars uh, a young woman. Her name is uh, Lula Bell, <laughs> which is a very strange name for a Victorian child, you know. Not many Victorian children were named Lula Bell. But this is one. And she has curls in her hair, and she's dying. You know, she is all of them. She has tuberculosis. Ah, consumption, yes. She has consumption, mm. you know. She has, uh, she has deep vein thrombosis. She has uh, gout. Mm -hmm. She has, uh, uh, she's bipolar. <laughs> she's... Leukemia. She's mm -hmm. leukemia. Mm -hmm. You know, she's dying of everything. And because she's dying of everything... Uh, for every disease she has, she can see the ghost of a person that died of that disease, you know. So Who, who died of being bipolar? Uh, lots of people, because it was went undiagnosed in the Victorian era, and so many people were taking their own lives. And it's a comment, you know, on how mm. if there were psychiatrists and, and SSRIs back then, and she even says at one point in the book, Oh, if only there were SSRIs, you know. If only we had SSRIs now in our time of Victorian England, you know. All of this could have been avoided. But then, uh, you know, no one would have had a sex drive, and many of us wouldn't even be here. It, it took a lot of sex drive, because you had to get a lot of clothes off in Victorian oh, England. Oh, man, the you know? sex drive, you know, had the, the drivetrain on your sex drive is, is much more powerful, much more horsepower, um... Uh, it's a lot car metaphors for sex. I'm sorry, I don't understand your car metaphor. Like, I do not watch Top Gear. I've never watched Top Gear once in my life. I find them to be fetid and crude. I'm a big fan of Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Clarkson. He's a big idiot. Jeremy Clarkson. Yes, he seems like, but he did punch Piers Morgan in the face. Yeah, but which not is, for good Which reasons. is bad for me, because I like Piers Morgan. I think he punched, he punched Piers Morgan in the face because he was like, you're not being racist enough, bah. You know? That's still pretty cool, to punch Piers Morgan in the face. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to say it right now. I, I, you, you can spring some magic out of that. I'm sure someone, and that's, that's another one of my books, is the, the Victorian equivalent to Piers Morgan, whose name is Piers Worgan. Mm-hmm. 
He gets punched in the face, and a little magic is released. A little, a little worgen magic is released, and suddenly everyone is much hornier. They're taking off all of their bone corsets, and they're boning, you know. And but this sexual energy, it cre- it, it exposes all the ghosts, and they're saying, "Why, why, why?" So why? In, in the noseless ghost, Lula Bell, yeah. you were saying, sees ghosts of everyone who died of every illness and condition that she has. Does this lend her sort of a a, a more um, adult like attitude or personality? No, it's more of a series of vignettes, like the Canterbury Tales, or okay. Twilight Zone the movie, okay. where she explores a, a, a bunch of stories about, oh, this man was a baker, and he has a tragic story where he loved his son, but his son didn't want to be a baker, and so he stabbed him. Mm. Oh, no! Because I know... No! I know all the all the ghosts, when they talk to Lula Bell, they say things like, oh, how smart you are for your age, and what a grown-up little girl you seem to be. Uh, so, I'm just wondering... Oh, that's just normal for grown-ups to say to young women in England, you know, that's that's just par for the course. I don't know what you're insinuating here. Uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, insinuating anything. I'm just inter- It's just interesting how all of these ghosts seem to... Uh, really want to enter into some co- some form of relationship with you. Uh, I, I don't know what you insinuate. Anyway, on with the narrative. One of the ghosts, his name's Jimmy Savile, <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 yes, yes. What does he do? Uh, he's always talking about how Lula Bell is very smart and you know very grown up for her age. You know, very grown up for a dying girl. You know, he was around a lot of dying girls, so he knows. <laughs> he was. He certainly was. He's sort of like a folk hero in uh, Great Britain, isn't that, isn't that correct? Oh, you're thinking, of, no, he's not that Jimmy Savile. This is uh. the Victorian Jimmy Savile, who was a fine, upstanding gentleman. He wore a very tall hat. And, you know, he got on well with a lot of young women. You know, that was just his, that was, that was the way about him. And you're thinking of the pedophile Jimmy, the pederast Jimmy, Jimmy Savile. I was not. No, I wasn't. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, pederasts are depicted as evil. There's one ghost who is a pederast, and he's called Big Bad Jimmy Gnarls. Big Bad Jimmy Gnarls? Jimmy Gnarls, like Gnarls Barkley, inspired by my favorite bad Gnarls narl- Barkley. I don't know why that's funny to me. That's <laughs> <laughs> why his favorite band being Darrell's Barclays <laughs> are so funny to me. Uh, they're a good band, you know, CeeLo Green. <laughs> CeeLo Green, you know, also another ghost. Oh, you're thinking of that CeeLo. You're thinking of the better ass <laughs> Where did you go? What did you say? Did you walk or did you run away? <laughs> Where are you now? That was a classic song that we would sing to ourselves in boarding school as we were being touched up by the older boys. Uh, we were singing a lot of Niles Barkley back then. Um, and, you know, that's where I went away into my imagination to develop these gothic horror fantasies of young girls getting groomed. Not groomed by ghosts. And then there's a couple of other ghosts. Uh, I believe you have Tiffany Haddish as a ghost in... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
R. Kelly is a ghost. Um, why? Why are you? Why are you picking on so many black Americans? I want. Why are you? What do you have against black you, Americans? You were the person who was decided to make CeeLo Green, R. Kelly, and Tiffany Haddish all ghosts in the no, ghost. We're not. We're not ghosting there, as we say. I'm not ghosting that. You know, all I'm get, we're going to stick to white white pederasts. Uh, we're only Delia. going to stick to white English pederasts. We're going to stick to Chris Delia, who's secret, secretly British. We're going to stick is Rex Orange County white? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, Mr. Bimbus, but unfortunately, we have to move on. We have one more guest after you. It's all right, well, tally-ho, and they are not... None of my work can be insinuated to be about uh, pederasty. Please do not insinuate that. I didn't, I didn't, and I wouldn't, and we haven't. Good It day. is not about that. Okay. Well, Mr. Bimbus seems to be a pederast. Uh, yeah, he's, he's very obviously a pederast, as uh, a, lot of, a lot of people from England are, and you a, know, it's the and country. And a pedant as well, a pedant. He's two yeah. kinds. He's a, he's a pedo and a pedant. I think it's being on, you know, it's a, it's being on an island that's a little too big. You know, it's the same with Japan, you know. <laughs> island should be, it's a little too big, you know. It well, should be Japan a bigger is like landmass. Japan is a chain of islands, and, and for now, the UK also is more than one island. It's uh, part of Ireland is in the UK for now, as long as uh, they re-elect Bo- Bojo. Bojo's coming back. You it's, think? it's It's... I have no idea. It's, it's been back. a sad, sad hat for Liz Truss, Miss Liz Truss. Yeah. Talk about a horror show, horror show that happened for her. Uh, can you imagine being part of a, uh, just running a country for six weeks and fucking up a lot? That'd I be mean, pretty funny. Yeah, I think like if, if a lot of, that would happen to like a lot of people who aren't prepared. I, if I had to run a country for six weeks, I'd probably fuck it up because I'd be like, okay, we're raising taxes on everyone to 100%. <laughs> what if, what if it turns out you are a goddamn genius? You're you're you are the perfect person to be fucking prime minister. You just had it in you this entire time and you know, no one You know there's there's someone in England who is the perfect person. I mean just by the by the law of maths. Yes. The some, law of maths. The law of maths. maths. The yeah. law of maths says there's someone in England who's the best person to be the prime minister. Yeah. Yeah, um, we're going. We're going to make a computer like a difference engine. We're going to make a computer like Alan Turing, except without a chemical castration. Uh, it's it's going to calculate the best prime minister. And ding 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 ding. The best prime minister was Alan Turing. Oh no, uh, he took his own life after we chemically castrated him. Oh no, terrible. Um, oh no. Um, oh no. Oh no. Now they're Australians. Right. Oh no. The, well, the latest guy. The newest guy. The, the last interview of the night right, is uh, the slasher horror author Theodore Tibbs, everybody. Theodore, Theodore Tibbs. Theodore Tibbs. Um, let's play his theme music, and then we'll get right into it. Mr. Tibbs, so good of you to be here. 
Yeah, I guess it's pretty good to be here. Anything to promote my uh, my book. Nice to see you is the name of my book. Nice to see you. I see you did some effect on your voice. It's very, I wouldn't have thought to have done that. That's pretty funny. Yes, we like to alter our voices here on the podcast. Digitally, of course. Yeah, that's what a lot of serial killers would do. It's they alter their voices so that they can't be heard, you know, through. Are you a, are you a serial killer? Oh, no. Um, no, I could never serial kill. I would do, I would be more of a mass shooter guy. You know? yeah, see, that's the late, in the 70s, we had real artisans, you know, guys who were really into the art of it. These mass shooters, you know, it's like the Jackson Pollock of murder. You know, it's just, it's funded by the CIA, and it's not interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, they're boring, you yeah. know, ultimately. Whereas, like, it, Bundy, Monet, you know, it's just not, you know, I'm not endorsing. I'm not endorsing anything they did. But I'm just saying, you got to separate the art from the artist, you know. And so, for you, the serial killer is an artist. Well, you know, a lot of it, there is a craft... If you ever have seen the wonderful television show Hannibal, mm-hmm. I have. they have a design. You know, obviously they see the artistry in that. But, you know, it's in the same way that you have your podcast, right? And you do your podcast every week and you get better at podcasting. Some people go out and murder many people. And, you know, they get better at that. It's like a craft. It's like in, it's like in an anime. Mm-hmm. When they're strengthening, you know, they're doing... Imagine if serial killers were around uh, now during the era of Patreon, when they could have subscribers. Yes, they could uh, could be uh, billing their serial killing as performance art or whatever, you know, that stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's lots of popular performance artists on Patreon, I'm sure. It's one of the most popular genres. That's an interesting... uh, That'd be interesting. I would like to subscribe to some performance artists if I could find some... uh, because then maybe they would perform their art in my town. I would really only be interested in a performance artist if they were also a serial killer. Mm-hmm. You know, specifically when they killed women. And so who... Wow. Well, I, I like mine to kill men. Well, yeah, everyone's into the men serial killers now, like... Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer yes, yes. and and John Wayne Gacy. Everyone loves hot little piece Jeffrey Dahmer. He's a hot little piece mm-hmm. in the new show. Uh, but, you know, they, they lack the artistry of the ones that kill the women, is what I'm saying. Like, say, maybe the Green River Killer. Is that one of your... Uh Favorite. BT, sure, BTK, Green River, you know, however one, you, because when you kill a woman, when you kill a man, you know, a man is gross, you know, you can't position their body in such a oh, way well, as to, you know, make a beautiful angel out of them. That was Dahmer's whole thing, though. He was always uh, positioning the torsos and making Polaroid pictures and stuff. And he was an inferior artist, you know, frankly, wow. you know, that's, uh, that's what we're... Uh, that's what we're all about here. You know, we're trying to get to a high standard of artistic quality, one that gets to the real truth of, uh, you know, human and human relationships. You know, I, I don't have I don't have bodies in my basement. But if I did, if I had bodies in my basement, I'd be thinking about them all the time. I'd be jacking off over them, you know, and, and you know, making little mandalas out of my jack off. Hmm. Hmm. If I was a serial killer, I would probably target people exclusively in the government. 
you know? W- women in the government? No, no, just anyone in the federal government. Okay, I, I'd really only be interested if you were targeting women in the federal government. Okay, well, I like it start there and then expand. Okay, but you, you know, once you expand, it gets boring. You know, you want to you want to be killing only women wow. is what well, I'm saying. I, you know, I'm just not that way. I think I'm much more of a Dahmer type. You know. Oh, so you're you're uh, are you a homosexual? Is what you're saying? Oh no 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 no. What you're saying is you get if you like. Here's what I'm saying: if you like the gay serial killers, there's something in you. No, you know? no, 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 no. There's a, there's there's something a little bit in you. No, 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 no. You're no, you're no. gay. Admit it. No, admit no, you're gay. No, no, no you're gay. No. You're you're gay. You wanna you wanna you wanna kill and suck off men while they're dead. Um. So a knife to see you. You. What's your main character? Who's the main killer? The main character is is me, Theodore Tibbs, and I'm killing women, you know, just all over the country. Uh, and a lot of people are saying this is a, a, a fantasy, uh, but uh, no, no, this is I. This is an example of something I wouldn't want to do, you know. Of course, and um, it's sort of like uh, you're describing the things that you wouldn't want to do. The, yeah, the, yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to kill a lot of women. Mm-hmm. I really wouldn't want to. What? But what is the mind? I'm trying to get into the mind of a guy that would maybe want to kill a lot of women and would maybe have a lot of sexual feelings over it and would maybe be, you know, thinking a lot about his mom when he was doing it. And, you know, maybe thinking a lot about, you know, all the women that rejected him when yeah. they were doing it. And, you know, maybe thinking about the time on the on the Steven Universe fan forums when he kept getting rejected because he kept asking if people were into Steven Universe and they kept saying, you're old. And they said, oh. Um, that sounds, it sounds bone chilling. It's blood curdling. Um, yeah, but you get into the mind of this guy who mm-hmm. feels, you know, rejected. He's also a horror author, this Theodore Tibbs, who is not me. No, not Well, you. he is me, but he's not. He's not me. You know, we're doing meta stuff. We're playing yeah. around with a lot of meta stuff. Yeah, you know? I get that. Uh, there's a, a, a sort of biographical, but not. This is what my life would have been if the killings had actually occurred, if I had actually done uh, several uh, hundred killings across the country. That would put you in the ranks of the highest body count serial killers of all time, several hundred. Yes, yeah. Well, you know, uh, we all exaggerate. I mean, Theodore Tibbs in the book would exaggerate, you know, because they they feel a sense of powerlessness. And they're and sad. The, and then they're in the book, you, uh, uh, not you, well, you, but not you, the character. Let's call him yeah. the main character, Mr. Tibbs. He goes yes. to a serial killer convention. Is that is that true? Yes, he goes to a serial killer convention in uh, Sarasota, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, and all the all the cats are there. Uh-huh. You know, he meets uh, all the big serial killers in you know this this fictional universe of serial killers. Uh, Matthew Broderick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, who else? Uh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, recently, uh, she was running for office. What is her name? Kesha. Because <laughs> Kesha's also there. She's a serial killer. Um, she was not a serial killer. What are we doing? Caitlin, We're doing Kesha. Caitlyn jokes. Jenner, I believe. Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner. She she also ran over people. I've lost the I've lost the improv. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost it. 
It's gone now. Well, uh, that that was that last guy, Theodore Tiz. Theodore Tiz he was, was supposed soon, to be. He was soon arrested after. Oh wait, there are the sirens now. There we go. Yeah, he was arrested he, for the murder of several hundred people. Yeah, the joke is he was he was writing a book, but he was actually the murderer. That was the whole gag of the premise that you just you just listen to and enjoy. You're laughing your ass off right now. Frankly. Yeah, you're you're laughing your ass off. You're going to patreon.com slash house of decline. <laughs> you're putting in your credit card information. You're putting yeah. in the expiration day. You're putting in the secret code. You're you're subscribing because you want to see a daily comic every day that's not anywhere else. You want to be part of an awesome Discord community where we talk about things like how our credit score just went down God, <laughs> fucking damn. you you want to be part of a great community and listen to our podcast and the bonus episodes every week go to patreon.com slash house of decline that's patreon.com slash h-a-u-s of decline happy halloween Thank you.